Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. We're living in some perilous times. That's been said more than once, but these are times when things are happening around us that can bring us great fear and anxiety. With floods and hurricanes and fires and now viruses, many people are frantic and some are even panicking. For those of us who are believers, this is the time that we trust in God and He will help us weather the storm. Over the next few days, I'm going to bring you some messages of being storm-proof and having faith that God will take care of those who are His. So listen to today's message as we walk in the light of God's Word. The greatest challenge for a believer is to achieve and to receive the abundant life that Jesus Christ said that he's going to give us. We know that he said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have life more abundantly. The word of God says, and my God shall supply all of my need. The word of God said that you are an overcomer. The Bible says that you are made, your strength is increased even in your weakness. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And with all of that, many believers seem to be defeated and not confident that they are who Jesus said that they are. We've read or we've heard scriptures or Bible verses that you try to apply to your life and it just seems like it just doesn't work for you. How long have you believed God? And how long have you believed for what you've been praying for, but you've not received it? How many times have you prayed and wished that you could be in a place with God that you could just ask and then really receive, seek and really find, and knock and the door shall really be open? There's a short and powerful verse that sums up how we ought to live our lives as believers. And that's in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says, we walk or we live by faith, not by sight. The King James said, we walk by, we walk by faith. We live. Who's the we? We are the believers. We live according to faith, not by sight. You know what that means? We don't live by what we see. We have to live by what we know and believe. Now, if you don't know and you don't believe, you're going to have to go by what you see. When you walk by sight, you say, I have to see it to believe it. Faith says, if you believe it, you will see it. And the believer walks by faith and not by sight. Let's look at that principle for we then that he's speaking of are the people who are born of the Spirit of God. We are expected to, number one, function by a different set of rules. We live in the kingdom of God. That's another kingdom. That's not the kingdom of this world. And there's a different set of principles, a different set of rules that we live by. If you ever start living by that, you can walk by faith. We live. Our Christian walk began as an act of faith. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
Without it, it's impossible. Without it, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. So you're not going to get saved if you don't believe that God exists. But have you seen him? No. But you believe that he exists and you put your faith in God, you put your faith in Jesus Christ, even though you have not seen him, you have to believe it. So it takes faith to get saved. So we believe that he exists and we believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently or earnestly seek him. We're told in Ephesians 2 and 8, for it is by grace you have been saved. How? Through faith. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. You believe that you were saved when you made a profession of faith and you begin to walk according to that profession. And if you were saved, your life changed. You believe that Christ has come into your life and come into your heart and you start walking by faith. You didn't get a letter in the mail that said you've been approved for salvation. You didn't get a note that said you were accepted into the kingdom of God. You believe by faith that your sins were forgiven and you start walking according to that new life. So Jesus, however, gave us the key to this life and our effectiveness. Because there are many believers who are living beneath the privileges that God has already accommodated for us and supplied for us because we are not walking in faith, accessing the things that the Lord has already given us. All you have to do is read the Gospels there where Jesus was talking to his disciples when they were on the boat and going across in the storm. And they got up and they started responding very frantically, Lord, don't you care whether we're going to perish? It looks like we're going to die. And Jesus says, oh, ye of little faith, what is wrong with you? You have little faith. Where, where is your faith? I'm on the boat with you. I've already told you we're going to the other side. I know the storm is coming, but that has nothing to do with what I say we're going to do. So do you trust what I say we're going to do, or are you going to trust your eyes and your ears and your senses? And that's difficult because we, we've been used to living by all of our five senses, what we see, what we hear, what we taste, what we feel. So we live by those senses, and that tells us what is real. So you can hear what the doctors say about your health, and then you can start functioning according to what the doctors say, or you can hear what the Lord says about your health. So what are you going to hear? And uh, how are you going to function? Because the Lord will say something to you oftentimes that's, that's contrary to what the facts are. And then you're going to have to decide how you're going to move forward. Am I going to move forward with the facts or else I'm going to move forward with my faith? The Bible tells us about Abraham. Abraham believed God and even though the facts said that his body was dead. He said he did not waver with the facts because he believed God and he followed what God said about him instead of what the facts says about him. He says, I know my body is dead and Sarah is old, but I believe what God says. Here's what Jesus said in his teaching in Mark chapter 11, verse 22. As he was talking about faith, he says to his disciples and those who were 
following him, have faith in God. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. You want to circle that if you're in your Bible, you want to highlight it, you want to put an exclamation point by, have faith in God. He says, I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. This is a powerful statement. He says, if you don't doubt it, but you, you say that, that mountain, that thing that looks like it's impossible. I don't believe he's talking about a literal mountain, but I'm thinking he's talking about this thing that looks like a mountain in your life that you say there's no way possible this thing is going to be moved. He said, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your father in heaven may forgive your sins. I used to have a lot of um, anxiety about this passage. Because I would hear it preached a lot of times that you can have what you say when you pray if you just don't doubt. And you can just have what you say when you pray. You know that. You've heard that. Right? And I've, uh, I've been in discussions with uh, those who would say that and say, you, you can just have whatever you say when you pray if you just believe and not doubt. I understand what you're saying, but I don't believe that you can just have what you say. He said, yes, you can. I say, okay, I'll prove it to you. What do you want? Say it now and then say when you want it and see if you get it exactly when you say you want it. So if you can have what you say, you, can have, you ought to be able to have when you say it. But as I go back and look at the scripture, then my problem was that Jesus did say something. He did say that. But look at it more closely. There's a couple of things in here that people miss when they're looking at that. Number one, he tells you to have faith in God. How do you have faith in God? You got to know God. You got to know God. You got to spend time with God to have faith in God. Uh, you don't have confidence in any person or anything that you don't know or haven't had any experience with. If somebody tell you, I promise you I'm going to do this and you don't know them, you're like, I don't know if I can believe that. But someone who have a history of doing what they say they're going to do, you have more confidence in them. So do you know God? Do I know God? Do I, can, I know the voice of God. I know when God is speaking to me. I know him. I know his word. I know his, I know his attributes. I know what is true and what is truth. I know God. I spend time in the word of God. I spend time in prayer with God. I spend time listening to God. You ever heard somebody say something and they say, well, God does this and God do this. And you said to yourself, that ain't God, right? Because you know that ain't God. God don't do that. God told me that that man was my, my husband, but he already married. And you say, no, that ain't God. <laughs> you know your spouse so well that somebody can come and say, you know, your spouse said this and that. And you say, no, 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 no. Somebody can come to Pastor Jackie and say, Pastor Jerry said he's going to go and, and uh, buy a little Rolls Royce and use all the money he got and buy that. She said, no, that ain't him. <laughs> Somebody went to the cleaners around the corner and, they, and the lady was despondent cause, uh, uh, at the cleaners because she said, uh, your pastor came in here and he cussed us out. And the lady said, my pastor? One of the members. She said, my pastor? She said, yeah. She said, well, what happened? 
Uh, he said we messed up his jeans. That was a $500 pair of jeans. She said, honey, that ain't my pastor. <laughs> my pastor ain't got a suit cost $500. <laughs> you can know a person, right? She said, I, I don't know who that is, but that ain't my pastor. But you, you get to the point where you know God. That's the basis for, for this whole truth of faith. Now I know God, and look at what he says. Therefore, he says, I tell you whatever you ask for in prayer and believe that you have received it. So how are you going to believe that you have received it unless God has spoken that to you? That's different from just deciding that you're going to receive it and believe it. How am I going to believe that I'm going to receive it? I heard God say, and I know it was the voice of God. I know God spoke that to me. Now listen, you can say, well, I don't know if I can hear the voice of God. Yeah, you can hear the voice of God. God know how to speak to you in a way that you'll know as him. You don't have to hear it like everybody else hear it. Well, uh, people say, I just can't hear. I used to be that way too. God doesn't ever speak to me. I just can't hardly hear the Lord. Well, you ever been watching television and, and, and sitting there for two hours and something tells you you should be reading your Bible? That's God. Okay, yeah, I heard that. Oh, uh, you know, you shouldn't have said that. That's God. Put that back. That's God. When I can hear God, Spend time with God, get to know God, and hear what God say. Then I've received it already. When God has spoken it, it's, it's done. Then I've received it. Then I can declare that. Then I can speak that. Then whatever I say, I will receive what I say because I'm saying what he said. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, get all that stuff out of the way so God can move. Now, then we ought to live by Faith. Faith is the oxygen, as oxygen to our, is to our physical body, faith is to our spiritual being. Faith is vital to our effectiveness as believers. We live by faith. Everything we need to get done, we need to do it by faith. I have faith that God is going to go before me. God's going to go before me on my job. You got to go to work by faith. There's no need for a believer going to work and hating their job every day, and it's just a struggle every day on the job. It's, no, I got by faith, I'm have joy, and by faith, I'm going to go forward on this job. By faith, I'm going to be productive. By faith, I'm going to advance. By faith, I'm going to do this because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to function like God wants me to function, and by faith, God is going to give me favor, give me strength because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and God's going to give me favor. A couple of people have asked me recently, says, I've been overlooked on the job. They're not paying me what they think I should pay me and whatever. I say, so what do you want to do? You going to quit or you want to go in there and, and tell them off? I said, you know, God is your source. He opens the doors for you. So if you're not getting ready to quit, don't go tell them off. I said, you got to go through something, through it all. So go in there and do the best you can. Be the best worker. Are you the best worker in the place? Do you have the best attitude of anybody? Do you show up before the time and you stay late if you need to? Are you doing that yet? So don't go in there and, and try to tell the folk off and straighten them out in the name of the Lord. Go by faith. God opens doors for you. When he opens doors, no man can shut them. So he'll, he'll open doors. He'll give you the grace and the favor. Just go on and do what you got to do. 
So what is faith then? If we live by faith, what is it? Hebrews says this in the King James, it is the substance of things hoped for. We've been saying that uh, all of my life. It is the substance of things hoped for. It sounds really good, but I have no clue of what that means. It is the substance of things hoped for. That word substance, when you go to the original language, has to do with uh, what is called a title deed. It is the deed, the ownership of things that you are hoping for. In other words, I already own it as if I possess that. There have been people who've been looking for a job for a long time. and So finally they get a good interview and they get a job offer. And let's say he says, I tell you what, we're going to give you this job offer now. It's uh, late November. Uh, and your job is going to start in the first of the year, in January 1st. It's going to be $100,000 a year with benefits, an automobile, and all of that. Sign this letter, and uh, we're going to bring you on. Now, you haven't started working there yet. But I guarantee you, you start possessing. You start going out trying to buy some stuff and arranging things. And you tell people, I have that job. But have you worked there yet? No. I got a job. Why do you think you have that job? Because they told me. They just said it. You don't have an office. You don't have uh, anything with your name on it in there. But you begin to function in your heart and in your mind with the possession of the thing that was hoped for. People do that all the time. Even in the natural world, people do that all the time. You pass by a vacant lot. They've got a big sign up there saying, a five-story office building coming soon. Leasing now. And there are people that go and rent them a spot on the sign. The building is not there. But they'll go and sign a contract and put some money down and nothing is there. That's faith. That's the, that's the possession of things that are hoped for. Well, the other thing is when you go and buy a house. You go and you get your mortgage for 30 years. As soon as you walk in the door, you say, this is my house. It ain't your house. Miss that payment. You'll find out who house it is. No, this is my house. Where everything go on in my house. This is my house. You are possessing that as if you own it, but you don't even have the deed to it. And the Lord says, when I speak it, you can start moving in, living right in what I've, I've asked you to live in and walk around with it and claim it as your own when I speak it to you. That's what faith is. When God speaks it, you just begin to uh, make your arrangements and do all you can. You begin to live on it. You begin to function in it. You begin to walk in it. Even though you don't have it physically yet. In my heart and in my mind, I'm going with that. I mentioned to someone earlier, I said, we, we came on this property and uh, we just felt like God had spoken to us that this was going to be our property. It took us another three years before that happened. But every time I passed by, I wouldn't ask the Lord for it. I thank the Lord for it. I would drive by here on Sunday morning. This was out of the way to the hotel. There was another way I could go and get there quicker. But I wanted to just drive by here and say, thank you, Lord. 
The property changed hands. The next owners said they wasn't going to sell it to us. All kinds of stuff happened. But God wants to build our faith, build our strength, take us through some tough times. He wants to test our faith, test and see whether we're going to stay on track when he, even when he tells us something. So don't get discouraged even though God may tell you something. You want it right now. The Lord, you said you're going to do that. Lord said, I'm going to do that. Well, I need it now. He said, you ain't going to get it now. I'm building your faith. I'm building your trust. I'm building it up. If I just gave you something every time that you ask for it, then you're just going to get mad every time you ask for something. You don't get it right away. You give your child something with every time they ask for it, just give it to them and see what happens. That was a young kid that uh, killed his mother here not too long ago because he couldn't get his PlayStation. So if she hadn't tried to give him everything up to that point, then he wouldn't be that way trying to ask for something in our household. I used to ask my dad. We couldn't ask him for a dollar. It'd take him so long to give it to us. We could go out and make the money before we give it to him. <laughs> After a while, we never asked him for anything because it was a third degree to get a dollar. It was excruciating. So what is faith? Faith is believing. Here's what. Faith is believing that God will do what he said he would do. It's as simple as that. What God said he's going to do, God will do it. Faith is an assurance. It's a confidence. It's a certainty. And I believe that. You got to get back to the basics. I want to just hear what God says. And if you're not sure about a direction, if you're not sure about what you need to do, you need to go spend some more time in prayer and say, Lord, I need to hear from you. I need your guidance. I need to hear from you what we need to do. Faith is man's response to God's initiative. Faith is man's response to God's initiative. And you want to be a person of great faith? Uh, God will put you out there. And when God is speaking to you in your life about something that he wants to accomplish through you, it's always going to be greater than your ability to get it done on your own. Let me say that again. Oh, Lord, I want to do great things. God will say, okay, go do this. And you say, oh, I can't do that. I know you can't do it. That's why I'm going to do it. Because if you can do it, you don't need to ask God's help. But look in the scripture. Everybody that God asked to do something, it was a great task for them. Ask Noah. Ask Gideon. Ask David. Ask Samson. And they needed God's strength. And God asked Moses. Ask Abraham. They couldn't do it on their own. They needed God's help, and God's going to get the glory out of your life, and he's going to, that's why God's going to say, trust me, because I want to get the glory. This is Jerry G. Martin, and I certainly hope that you've enjoyed today's broadcast. God has always had people that were his. He said in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people who are called by my name. God always looks out for those who are his. The question today for you is, do you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ? God watched out for his people even in the midst of plagues. In the book of Exodus, when the plague struck the Egyptians, God said they will not touch my people. And then that last plague of all, when the firstborn was killed, God's people had the blood of the lamb over their doorposts. The death angel passed over those who had the blood of the lamb 
on their doorposts. Jesus Christ came and he has applied the blood of the lamb to our hearts. For those of us who are believers, we are not as those who have no hope. We are not to be ones who are fearful about the pestilence. Psalms 91 is a tremendous encouragement to everyone who lives and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Why don't you read that and your heart will not fill you from fear when everyone else seems that they are frantic about what's going on. God still takes care of his people. Go to our website to hear this message in its entirety and enjoy some of our Sunday services. I also invite you to be my guest at The Light of the World every Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. Don't forget about the Beacon Bookstore. If you have a need for communion supplies, Sunday school books, Bibles, or offering envelopes, call the Beacon, 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.